The 82-game preseason is in the books, and it's finally time for the real season. Don't miss out on any of the NBA playoff action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. From the play-in tournament through the finals, DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered with same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code ROSS. New customers bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. That's code ROSS only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a teaching tutorial Thursday with Professor Greg Cosell from NFL Films University. We are presented, of course, by DraftKings. Love those dudes, just like I love all of you that are winners. We will get to that a little bit later in the show. Love those of you that go the extra mile for Brian and I. It means a great deal. But first, it's Greg Cosell. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. All right, so Greg, everybody knows Greg. If you don't know Greg, wow, welcome. You're a new listener, <laughs> clearly, or you're a new viewer. YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Greg Cosell has been at NFL Films since 1979. He's the executive producer of the NFL Matchup Show on ESPN. And he is, in my opinion, the civilian GOAT, meaning the greatest of all time that didn't actually work for an NFL team when it comes to breaking down the video. We're going to get into the NFC North draft picks today, Greg, because I like to just get your thoughts on some of the other picks that jumped out to you. I feel like we spend months and months before yeah. the draft, and the draft happened, everybody just moves on. I mean, like, like, let's talk about these teams' philosophy, their strategy, what they did, and get your thoughts on some of the players and their fits. Before we do that, though, Greg, I am very intrigued by the Saints. Ah. You know, they get Tyron Matthew. Now they get Jarvis Landry. You know, they've got Michael Thomas coming back from injury. Obviously, they drafted Chris Olave, spent a lot of picks to do so. You know, I've said this on other shows on the Ross Tucker Podcast Network, Greg. I think their season win total in uh, on the sports books at DraftKings Sportsbook is eight games. They clearly think they're better than that. They clearly <laughs> believe in Jameis Winston, believe in Dennis Allen. I guess my question for you is, where does Jarvis Landry fit in and why do you think they were aggressive to bring him to new orleans well two things number one they have a really good roster ross now i think the reason people are maybe thinking that they're a 500 type team is simply because dennis allen is an unknown as a head coach 
um, even though he's done it once before with not a lot of success in, in uh, Oakland um, and Jameis Winston. No one's quite certain what to make of Jameis Winston. But if you look at their roster, it is really strong from top to bottom with a lot of young veteran players, a lot of sort of grizzled pros like Demario Davis and Cam Jordan. So you talk about Chris Olave, who they obviously gave up a lot for. I think bringing in Landry is a really good move um, because Alave, as we've discussed, he's a smooth, fluid, outside-the-numbers receiver. He's a certain kind of receiver. He fits really well now. It's a great spot for him to be with Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry. Both of those guys are alpha dogs, and Landry is obviously at his best working out, uh, working in the slot. So you have two really tough physical receivers who are very good on third down, can make those tough move-the-chains catches, and then you've got the explosive vertical dimension in Alave, whose game is not built on making those kinds of tough inside-the-numbers catches. So it's a really good mix of receivers that gives you every dimension you want. It's so funny, Greg, because it doesn't. it almost doesn't matter how good the rest of your roster is if there are question marks and by the way maybe Dennis Allen will be awesome maybe Jameis Winston will be awesome but if there are question marks at head coach and GM they're never going to have you ranked that high you're you're never going to have that high of a season win total because some people would argue those are the two most important members of the whole organization point you're exactly right you know Winston obviously got off to a good start a year ago before he had the the knee injury. He had thrown 14 touchdowns through the early part of the season with only three interceptions. Um, And, you know, he was a number one pick in a draft. He has had success in this league. He's not really an unknown. Um, So the question is, what level can he rise to? And then, of course, you have a new coach. Dennis Allen is one of the better defensive coaches in this league, I think, People pretty much understand that he's very good. They're very aggressive. They're very physical. They play a lot of man. Um, you know, they obviously also signed Tyran Matthew, who's just a really good player. Uh, he can do multiple things in your secondary. He can play on the back end. He can play in the box. He can play over the slot man to man. He can be a middle hole defender uh, if you're playing a robber coverage or if you're playing cover two. He can do so many things for your defense. And by the way, they also have Marcus May as the other safety. They revamped their safety position, and he's a good player too. So this is a really, really strong roster. So um, speaking of strong rosters, Greg, how about the Philadelphia Eagles yesterday (laughs) signing James Bradbury, who the Giants had released? I think the, the Giants released him the day before we recorded last week. So I asked you about him, and you talked about him as thinking he's more of a zone corner at this stage of his career. But I did say he can play man-to-man and that he did match up at times, you know, lock on man-to-man. So it's not as if he's exclusively a zone corner. Right. Question is, you obviously watch the Eagles a lot. You know what Jonathan Gannon did last year. How do you see Bradbury's fit opposite Darius Slay in Philly? Well, here's how I'm going to answer that, Ross. I think what Jonathan Gannon did last year is not what he wants to do. And I think you're going to see the Eagles defense look different conceptually and tactically this year. 
I think what he did last year was a function of the fact that he did not have the players at key positions. And I know you know this because you're close with the Eagles as well, did not have players at the positions that ultimately he wanted to have the kinds of players. And now as they address the linebacker position, as they've addressed the corner position, um, as they've addressed the D-line position as well in the draft with Jordan Davis, I think in their mind, Jonathan Gannon now can do different things. And while it won't be a 100% revamping, I think you'll see this defense look a little bit different than it did a year ago. You said look different conceptually and what? Well, just tactically. Tactically, how they go about scheming games. Um, when When you don't feel comfortable at the outside corner position, and obviously... You know, they did have Steven Nelson a year ago. Um, and Steven Nelson, you can line up and play with him, but obviously he's not there. And and they went out and got James Bradbury because they viewed that as a weakness, as a flaw in their defense. You know this, Ross. You're limited to some degree because the last thing defensive coordinators want to do is give up explosive pass plays. That's the game. Let's dive into the NFC North draft picks now, Greg. And We always go alphabetical order because that's how NFL.com has it listed. We'll go with the Chicago Bears. Yep. Who uh, they ended up having a bunch of picks under their first year GM Ryan Poles. They, the first two they went in the secondary, Greg, Kyler Gordon, the corner from Washington, Jaquan Brisker, the safety from Penn State, both in the second round. I feel like both guys, if they went late first, people wouldn't have been shocked. So your thoughts on the Bears clearly trying to revamp that secondary first. And I think when all said and done, both guys will end up starting. Um, You know, Brisker was one of my favorite players as an overall player. I think the reason he went in the second round is because he's not an explosive type athlete, uh, but he, he, he struck me as a complete multidimensional safety. Very much when I watched his tape, did I get thoughts of the the Micah Hydes um, and the Jordan Poyers, guys who could be interchangeable safeties, play in the box, have some man-to-man ability because Brisker has corner experience, um, play on the back end. I think he's just a really solid player, smart player, aware player, just not a twitchy, explosive athlete. Gordon, on the other hand, he played both outside and in the slot at the University of Washington when Jimmy Lake was there for years as the DB coach and D coordinator, and then for a year or so as the head coach. They did a great job coaching their defensive backs. Gordon is physical. He's competitive. He can line up and play press man. As I said, he has the inside-outside flexibility to line up and play in the slot as well if they choose to put him there. My guess is they want him on the outside since they did sign Tavon Young from the Ravens, who I think will be their slot corner. You know, I didn't know that much about their third-round pick, Vellis Jones, from Tennessee. I don't know if you ever got a chance to check him out. Oh, I did. I did. And, and he's a really intriguing prospect. Um, he played predominantly in the slot at, at Tennessee, but Jones is, he's big. You know, it, the thing is he's over 200 pounds. Um, he's a space receiver. Um, he's an excellent run after catch receiver because he's a return man as well, which increased his value, but he's got great short area quickness. He can separate, um, I think that he needs some work, you know, just in terms of learning the nuances of running routes from the slot. 
Um, I think he's one of those guys you can use as a motion movement receiver, um, getting him free access into routes. But I think he's a really intriguing prospect. I liked his tape. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, if you're going to run some quick game stuff, if you're going to use him in motion, I think he can be, be very effective in that area. They took four offensive linemen after that. Braxton Jones from Southern Utah State, Zach Thomas from San Diego State, Doug Kramer, a center from Illinois, Jatire Carter, a guard from Southern. They took Treston Ebner, a running back from Baylor, Elijah Hicks, a DB from Cal. And the guy I know something about, Dominique Robinson, edge yeah. from Miami, Ohio. I did a couple of his games last couple of years. Former wide receiver, former quarterback. He looks the part. Crazy yeah, he, he really arm. does. He's an explosive athlete who's obviously needs more coaching because he did not grow up playing the pass rush, edge pass rush position. But there were snaps even against quality tackles where he just looked explosive and dynamic. Um, the reason he's a fifth round pick is smaller school, not a lot of background playing the position he's going to now play but he could end up being a fine for this team as a pass rusher. Moving on to the Detroit Lions, uh, Aiden Hutchinson feels like a, a perfect fit for what they want to do and for that system. Uh, Jamison Williams, they traded up from what was it, 32 to 12 to get Jamison Williams. They clearly, Greg, Felt like they needed an explosive element to their offense. Without question. Um, you know, it's interesting. A lot of people obviously look at the quarterback, Jared Goff, and, and for some reason he's not viewed in a positive light. He did have a lot of success with the Rams. He was in a Super Bowl. He's certainly, a, he's clearly a certain kind of quarterback, needs to be protected, needs to be clean, needs a run game. He's a certain kind of player, but he can be efficient within that context. And they went out and got a vertical dimension, an explosive player. And the key to that is not just what Jamison Williams is as a player. It's what he does to defenses. That's the critical piece. Because what players like that do to defenses is they change the way they have to defend on the back end in terms of their coverage concepts. Because you do not want to give up those big plays. And we saw what Amon Ross St. Brown did last year down the stretch. He looks like your classic move the chain, sustaining receiver that can be a high-volume receiver. Um, they signed D.J. Chark. They still have Josh Reynolds, who actually played pretty well for them down the stretch. So this is an interesting receiver group. And I think at their core with Dan Campbell, they do want to run the ball. They want to start there. And that's, by the way, where Jared Goff, Ross, as you know, has his most success when the run game allows him to do the play action, to do the play action boot, to do all those things that we saw with the Rams. Uh, their next couple picks, second round, another D-end. Josh yes. Pascal from Kentucky, third round, a safety from Illinois, Kirby Joseph. What do you know about those two guys, if anything, yeah. Greg? Pascal is a, is a fun player to watch. Really competitive, really aggressive. Um, he played both inside at D-tackle and outside at D-end at Kentucky. Um, I think you can line them up outside at times. I thought there was a realistic comparison to someone like Shaq Barrett. Uh, and keep in mind, 
people are thinking Shaq Barrett now. Shaq Barrett's first four years in the league, he hardly played. So when I say that, I'm thinking of Shaq Barrett coming out of college. Um, Pascal's built very similarly, although I do believe he may be at his best as an inside pass rusher. He's very good against the run as well. Um, Kirby Joseph is predominantly a back-end safety. So I think that's the way you'll use him. Um, He's not really a box player. Um, Obviously, every safety does get snaps in the box here and there. But Joseph is predominantly a back-end safety. Let's get to the Green Bay Packers, Greg. An interesting draft. In the first round, they took not one but two Georgia defenders. And frankly, Greg, two of the, I don't know if the right word, but less heralded Georgia defenders, you know, watching yeah. them this year, you heard a lot about Jordan Davis. You heard a lot about Nicobe Dean. You heard a lot about Lewis Seen, sometimes Trayvon Walker. You didn't hear that much about Quay Walker and Devontae Wyatt, and yet they both go in the first round and they both go to the Packers. Yeah, and I love Trey Quay Walker's tape. Um, I thought he was the best NFL prospect of their three linebackers. Only time will tell, of course. Um, Walker has great size, 6'4", 240, phenomenal phenomenal measurables. Um, He, to me, is everything you look for in a stack backer who can do multiple things. Size, length, play speed, range. I thought he saw things clearly. Good key, diagnose, read, react. Um, I thought he had the full complement of tools to become a quality three-down linebacker in this league. What about Wyatt? Wyatt, I don't think based on my tape study, and again, you know, reasonable people see things differently. Um, I did not quite see him at the level that others did. Um, I don't think he's a bad prospect. Um, I, I saw him more as sort of a quality starter, more of a rotational player. Um, I didn't think he had jump off the film traits. Uh, I thought he was neither high level explosive nor exceedingly strong. Um, again, people are always talk about Georgia and the fact that they had so many good players and you don't see a lot of what guys can do. I've never been sure where to go with that particular argument, Ross, because if a guy is really, really good at something, I would think that Kirby Smart would use him in that role. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Um, but uh, I think that he did show moments and flashes where you thought, oh, okay, could this guy be something more than I saw? Possibly. Um, but I, the guy he kind of reminded me of, and I think this is a good comparison, and we'll see how it plays out. It's actually a very good comparison. Uh, I, he kind of reminded me of Javon Hargrave. Oh, okay. A um, lot of talk, obviously, about the Packers and the wide receiver position. Yeah, they drafted they three of them. Yeah, they got Christian Watson in the second round from North Dakota State, Romeo Dubs in the fourth round from Nevada, and then Samari Torre in the seventh round from Nebraska. Uh, What do you think about these guys and how they'll be used as rookies? Well, it's funny because I certainly did not know who the Packers were going to draft. But when I watched Watson, and I actually watched him pretty early in the process because he was a name that was thrown out, obviously, after the senior ball. Um, I, I, Watson reminded me very much of, of Valdez Scantling. Um, I thought the measurables were almost exact. I thought the movements were similar. 
I mean, we can certainly debate, you know, who looks quicker, who looks faster. Um, Watson obviously playing um, at North Dakota State. Um, he he ran by corners at that level of football, Ross, like they were standing still. So, you know, that's what you see on tape. You see him just run by people like they're not. And he's big. What's that? And he's big. Yeah, he's he's big. Yeah, he's he is a big man. I mean, he's. If you look at his combine numbers, he was 6'4", 208, obviously ran that 4'3", The thing that I think really impressed people and make him make most believe he's more than Valdez Scantling was his 10-yard split because his 10-yard split was 1.46. That's really, really good. Um, but he's got such easy burst and acceleration. Uh, I think you can line him up in multiple spots. He did that at North Dakota State. So, you know. But that level, it's FCS football, so it's different than playing, let's say, in the SEC. But they obviously, I would think they believe he's more than Valdez Scantling, or I don't believe they would have taken him in the second round. Yeah. Um, any thoughts on Romeo Dubs? Yeah, I, I really liked Romeo Dubs. Um, I guess some people said that he did not have a great senior bowl week. You know, I, I wasn't there, um, so I don't know. Um, I like Romeo Dubs' tape a lot. I thought he had really good size plus athleticism. Really good physical profile. Um, I thought he had kind of a sleek-looking frame. There were times he had some explosion to his movement. Um, I think he can be a three-level dimension in the NFL. He's not purely vertical, but I think he can be. Um, I, I thought he was a really good prospect as a receiver. I thought he was a little better prospect than where he was drafted. I guess we'll see. He's going to get an opportunity in Green Bay, so we'll see how it plays out. Super, super productive for like yep. four years at Nevada. Felt like he was there a long time. And I know you did a Nevada game because I remember we spoke about Carson. Yeah, Strong. Carson Strong. Yeah, yeah. So I know you did a game. Uh, last but certainly not least, Greg, let's get to the Minnesota Vikings. Like the Bears, their first two picks were defensive backs: safety Lewis Seen from Georgia, corner Andrew Boots from Clemson. Yeah, and obviously they wanted to shore up that secondary. Seen's a really good prospect. He's an explosive athlete. He has a great temperament. He's a run-and-hit safety. Um, I think he has a chance to develop into a really, really good player. Um, they played him a lot on the back end at Georgia. He matched up to tight ends. You've seen him do these things on tape. I think he's at his best uh, as a run-and-chase guy playing downhill and running laterally. But he did all these things for a really high-level coach in Kirby Smart and a really high-level defense. A defense, by the way, that did a lot of things that you can translate to the NFL. Um, Booth, I think, is really, really competitive. Um, he played man. He played zone. Um, I don't think he's a great cover player, but he's a good cover player. But he has a lot of experience playing multiple concepts. And you love the way he competes. He tackles. He's aggressive. He plays with tenacity. Both these guys, and I'm sure this was part of the reason they were drafted, both these guys are attitude players, Ross. They bring a tempo and an attitude to your defense. Ooh, I like that. Um, next couple picks, Ed Ingram, the guard from LSU, Brian Asamoa, linebacker from Oklahoma. Anything about those two guys? Yeah, I really liked Ingram a lot. Um you know, I, I, I watched quite a bit of LSU. I thought he was a really, really good guard. Obviously, Minnesota felt the same way. I was, I felt he was worthy of going where he did. Some felt he was less than that. 
I, I really liked his tape. So he was a second rounder. And then Asamoa, he's a run and chase player. Another guy that plays with a lot of attitude. I mean, clearly they want this defense to be a real attitude defense, to have some physicality to it, to be really competitive, to get guys running to the ball and bringing it. And, and Asamoah is another guy like that, a smaller linebacker, but in the minds of many fits today's NFL because he has that range and that play speed that you want to see with your linebackers now in today's NFL. He's at Greg Cosell on social media. He is the man already looking forward to next week. We'll either do NFC South or NFC West. Thank you, Greg. Thanks, Ross. Listen, Greg is unbelievable. LinkedIn jobs is unbelievable. Anyone out there trying to hire anyone for any reason knows it's not easy right now. I talked about it with my wife, with her small business, certainly other people. That's why you got to go where everybody is. As your small business grows, LinkedIn jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free, by the way. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus their leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Ross. That's linkedin.com slash Ross to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Ducks Takes. Hey, Ross. Good morning. Let's start with the Eagles signing cornerback James Bradbury. One year, $7.5 million with incentives, though, up to $10 million. So a bunch of thoughts on this. I, You know, Greg broke him down as a player. I guess I would just say it's pretty clear the Eagles think they have a chance to be pretty good this year. You know, what they've been able to do this offseason, getting Jordan Davis, getting N'Kobe Dean, getting Hassan Reddick, Kaiser White, now Bradbury, they've really added quite a, a bunch to the defense. And offensively, A.J. Brown – is the big one there. I would just say my takeaway from it is that the Eagles think they have a chance to be pretty darn good. And also that they believe in Jalen Hurts. I don't think you sign these guys to one-year deals unless you think the quarterback gives you an opportunity to, to really make some noise in the postseason. Ducks takes. Kind of slow news day. The only other item... All 43 XFL games for next year will be televised on ESPN slash ABC as well as FX. I think that's awesome. Um, I think that they're doing it right by starting the week after the Super Bowl. I think the USFL waited too long. Uh, 
I think the week after the Super Bowl is the right time because people are still sort of in football mode and you can keep them in football mode. You can advertise, you know, during the playoffs, hey, next week, next week. So I think that's the right timing probably for it. It's interesting that the XFL and the USFL on some level will be competing for players. It's great. You know, the more guys that can get paid to play football, the better. The more football on my TV, the better. So I'm happy about that. I'm happy about our winners as well. The spread the word winner via social media is Sterling Cofield. He liked my last TikTok at Ross Tucker NFL. I told you guys the last two weeks, it's really easy to be the spread the word winner. Just follow me and like my TikToks. So Sterling, send me an email, Ross at Ross Let me know if you want a signed picture. I still got a bunch of awesome press passes that nobody else you know has. I got a signed football card. Whatever you want, Sterling, let me know. The same goes for Jason Picker, who took advantage of the Express VPN deal. Love it. You know, I don't get that many people sending me the sponsor confirmation emails. It's pretty easy to win. And you get to ask a question for sure, but then you get what you want. I got a bunch of press passes. I already told you. So congratulations, Jason. The YouTube shout out, I forget what he said, but it's Brian Sabino, S-A-B-I-N-O. I love doing those Cameo style videos for you guys. Cameo um, is the app that you can get me, you can hire me to do a video for you. You get them for free. If you just subscribe at youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL, and then go ahead and comment on any of the videos. So congratulations, Brian. Other than that, um, let's get to an email question, Brian. Ever wanted to ask an NFL player a question? Well, here's your chance. It's time to ask Ross. So the email address is ross at rosstucker.com. That's how you can get at me for anything. Speaking engagement, you want to advertise in the show, whatever it is, ross at rosstucker.com. What do you got, Brian? Chris Allen, a.k.a. the Angry Ninja, asks, Ross, I was wondering how you would rate the Titans offseason so far, and do you think they can go all the way with Tannehill? Or is it time to move on? So he, um, Chris actually took advantage of the code Ross at 1-800-Flowers, which I just did, by the way, as well. Even though they didn't advertise in, uh, in for Mother's Day, um, I still took advantage of my code. No, I don't think they can go all the way with Tannehill. If you listened to the Fantasy Feast podcast, you know, I, I think it was a week ago, Joe Dolan made the point that he's really not getting good vibes about the Titans. I'm not either. I, I think their offensive line is taking a step back. I think no A.J. Brown's a big loss. I think Derrick Henry is due to have a difficult year because of the usage and the wear and tear. You know, the, the my faith in the Titans is, frankly, Mike Vrabel, but I kind of think the Titans are going to struggle this year. I, I don't think they win that division. Maybe they still sneak into the playoffs, but I tend to doubt it. Uh, I think they also kind of have a hangover of being the number one seed and losing to the Bengals the way they did. Ryan Tannehill has actually talked about that. I talk about Pizza Boy Brewing, so good. 
Sportaculture, humanheadnyc.com, steakhousesports.com, go-bangles.com, if you're a Bengals fan, Evergreen Economics, and of course, with so many graduations and anniversaries and birthdays and Father's Day coming up in exactly a month, myfrontpagestory.com. I think we're done here. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feasts, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.